Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Thank you so much. Oh, man, it feels good to be in the house of God today. Good morning at Restoration Life. Everybody doing good? Y'all cold? Because it's hot. It's summertime. You should be excited. Like, it's cool in here because when you go back out there, you're going to be sweating. So let's be good. Uh, I want to welcome everybody watching on YouTube and watching on our website. We're so excited that you can join us as well. We love you. We honor you. I want to welcome anybody. This is your first time at Restoration Life. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming today. Um, if this is your first time, my name is Max. I'm the campus pastor for Lawndale. And our lead pastors right now, they are down in Florida. Okay, they're down in Florida. They were at a pastor's conference this week. And they're also spending some time with their extended family, getting some much-needed rest, kind of, because they're sweating down there. It's humid. I don't do Florida. Like, I, I thought I could do Florida, and then, like, we came from Puerto Rico to Florida after a mission trip, and, like, as soon as you walked outside, my glasses fogged up and everything. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not about that humid life no more. I'm way too big and way too many sweat pockets. Like, we don't need any of that. But uh, we want to pray for our lead pastors. Uh, we can't wait for them to get back, but we want to see them uh, get some good rest and come back home all fired up. Amen. Now, the last couple of weeks, we, we took a pause on our current series. We got to enjoy an uh, awesome message from Pastor Jonathan Brozozog from Creative Church. He came in and just, man, that was such a powerful, powerful message. And then last week, Pastor Eddie gave a timely and very essential Father's Day message. How many of the fathers in this room, you were blessed by that message? You were encouraged by that? Amen. Amen. And today, I want to pick back up on where we've been for the past several weeks. We've been in a series titled Cross Bearers. Everyone say Cross Bearers. And we've been unpacking what it truly means to live a life following the model that Jesus established. We know that in order for us to be able to claim to be a follower of Christ, we must deny ourselves and pick up our cross. Pastor Eddie and Pastor Don covered in detail what we need to do in our habits and in our prayer and in our behaviors in order to be cross bearers. I want to read a scripture to you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. It says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without Grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's very grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we give you great thanks this morning. Thank you for allowing us to be able to grow in spirit and wisdom. Thank you for the mission and vision of Restoration Life Church. We lift up our lead pastors that they are able to be refreshed and encouraged during this short time away. 
Holy Spirit, I ask that your voice be made loud and clear to your people. And we leave this place not only encouraged, but also renewed in our thinking, which we bring about correct changes in our actions to be cross bearers. Jesus, we thank you for your perseverance and your endurance that bore the cross for our sins. Thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. One more time, Omar, thank you so much. Before I get deep into this message, I want to share with you about what's happening here at Restoration Life next month. I can't believe this is already the last week of June. Unbelievable. Um, And next week, next week is uh, 4th of July, next Sunday. And so next Sunday, um, it'll be one year, guys, since we reopened. It went around that fast. It'll be one year since we reopened. So we're going to celebrate in a big way. We're going to have hot dogs. We're going to have like barbecue grills out there. We're going to have some fun. We're going to celebrate Freedom Sunday in a big way. But that's not what I'm talking about. Next month, our church, um, we're going to do something very, very special in the city of Los Angeles. Some of you guys may know this, that over the past year, we've had the tremendous opportunity of partnering with the organization known as One Day LA. One Day LA is a fellowship of churches all throughout Los Angeles, all across Los Angeles. And throughout this time, we've been able to do different events to serve our communities together, to be able to resource one another and help one another throughout this troubling time that we've gone through. And in the month of July, we're going to take one whole entire week to serve the city of Los Angeles. So I want to show you a video if you would turn your attention to the screen real briefly. They say darkness is simply the absence of light. In the same way, hate is simply the absence of love. It fills the void that love has abandoned. This past year, hate has been no stranger to our nation, not because hate invaded, but because love left. As we walk through our communities, we see brokenness. And for many struggling, the absence of love is where it started. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. Fatherlessness often leads to broken families, which opens the door to many forms of neglect and abuse. As a result, children are funneled into an already overburdened foster care system. And statistically, the overburdened system is a pipeline of abandoned and broken kids that pours directly into homelessness, drugs, incarceration, and human trafficking. Over the years, these systems turn into cycles, churning out more and more fatherless homes and broken families. So how do we stop the cycle? The answer is love. A love that unites. A love that gives back. A love that has no limits. Together, we can provide LA the greatest display of love it has ever experienced. So here's how we do it. Initiative one, transform local faith communities into serve centers. Partnering organizations and churches in neighborhoods across LA will show love by providing resources and practical aid to families in their city. Initiative two, abolish $47 million of medical debt in LA County. We can eliminate the medical debt for 23,000 families, removing the burden of debt and giving them a fresh start towards financial well-being. Initiative three, give LA's most vulnerable children a safe place to call home. Across LA, we'll activate faith communities to identify loving families to foster and adopt. 
will establish a permanent resource warehouse to meet the needs of foster families, providing sustainable support to the county system. Initiative four, reach, rehabilitate, and restore LA's inmates. Those sentenced in LA are sent all over California. Together with faith leaders, we'll build a hope community in all 35 California state prisons. These hope communities will provide a healthy support network to inmates and their families, both in prison and after being released. Initiative five, lead thousands of homeless individuals into rehabilitation programs. Partnering with community champions, thousands of individuals will be given an opportunity to break the cycle of poverty and prevent families on the path to homelessness. Initiative six, ignite a movement of men committed to their families. From conference events to group meetups to development courses, we will invite the men of LA to begin a journey that will shape the future. As we empower and activate a new generation of men, we can help to break the cycle. Initiative seven, mobilize a historic team of volunteers. We are calling 20,000 team members to serve LA for a full week, July 18 to 24, 2021. Practical youth, sports, and homeless outreaches will cover every corner of LA for a historic impact, all leading to a culminating live broadcast event on July 24th. Together, united by love, we can displace hate. We can stop the cycle. We can provide the greatest display of love LA has ever experienced. Love has no limits. Isn't that awesome? So for the past year, I've been able to work closely as our church's representative with this organization, One Day LA. I've been a part of a lot of the different programs that they've been, they talked about in the video. Our church has served in a lot of these programs as well with food drives, the foster care initiative, uh, what we sow into this organization uh, as a church. We want to do this because this is what the church is called to do. What they're talking about here is not something that is far-fetched or a dream. This is the responsibility of the Christian. I don't know when this began. I don't know when it even started where Christianity became consumerism. Where we attend church, we go to church solely to reap something from church, but not to be a part of the church serving others. So this organization and what we're going to be doing with other churches during that week is getting back to what we were called to do in the first place. This should not be a surprise. This should not be like, whoa, what? that's crazy. This should be our normal demeanor and behavior as Christians. The reason that people look at the church that they, the way that they do is because the church isn't doing what it should be doing. And this is our opportunity to get back to that. So our church, during that week, on July 18th through the 24th, we will be a serve center during that week. On the Friday and Saturday of that week, we will be having our own outreaches going on. And we want everybody here to be a part of that. Because this is what's going to help you develop as a true disciple of Christ, as a true cross-bearer. It's your faith in action. Your faith has to take action. Everybody understand? Everybody following with me? I know, I know I'm sounding kind of tough right now. But I'm, I'm so sincere about this, and it means so much to this house, that we 
are doing the very thing that Christ called us to do, which is loving on our neighbor. And it's easy to say, I love my neighbor. But what you need to do, what we all need to do, is to be able to demonstrate that love by our actions. And this is just an opportunity. This is just a catalyst to get the church back on track. And the other thing is to bring the church back into unity because it's easy for churches to fall into isolation. It's easy to be a part of a church. It's very challenging to be a part of the church. And this is our opportunity to be a part of the church. So, uh, meeting, can you put that slide up? Okay, this is what I want you guys to do. Right now, everybody has their phone on them, correct? Okay, everybody take out your phone. Oh, don't act like you haven't been having it down by your side, sliding up on Instagram. I can see from here. I got an elevated position. I can see the glow when it hits your face. Everybody act like I'm not on my phone during church. Yes, you are. Look, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to text One Day LA to this phone number. I'm going to leave it up here for a minute so you get some time. Okay, this is how you're going to get registered and be a part of this. Our church is already on their site, and it's going to navigate you to the page. So what's going to happen? You're going to send a text. You ain't got to answer the text thing right now. You're going to get a text back. It's going to come with a link. And outside after service, our welcome team and our VIP team will be there to help you navigate to getting registered and sign up for the, um, that serve week. Now, during that week, other initiatives and other plays are going to be going on to be a blessing to the cities, and we're going to partner with them when our church is not being a serve center that day. If you're available that day, there are all, churches all throughout LA that you can go to. So maybe you're not available on Friday. Maybe you're not available on Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's availabilities going on all throughout the week. So you can pick one day to go be a servant somewhere. Even if it's not here, because it's not about where you're at your church, because you're a part of the church. And we have to stop being afraid of getting around new people. Oh, I don't know anybody there, Pastor Max. Well, go meet somebody. Believe it or not, you didn't know me not long ago. And now we're the best of friends. Now we love each other. And isn't it beautiful that God created opportunities for us to go other places and do the same thing, but it requires us getting out of our comfort zone. And so uh, this is going to be a catalyst for the church. And what I mean by that, what we're going to establish now is a pattern and a discipline of serving because this is what we're called to do. Okay, so I'm really, really excited about this. Make sure you get your messages out. After service, you're going to connect with our welcome team and our VIP team, and they're going to help you navigate. You should have already got the text back, and then they'll be able to help you navigate the rest of the way. Amen? Amen. Let's do this. Come on. Give God some praise. Come on. All right. How much time I got? I can make this happen. I got it. All right. To recap, we've, we've been in this series, Cross Bearers, and we... The reason we came with this series is that we want everyone to be able to grasp a significant understanding of what Jesus said to his disciples and others in Luke 9, 23 and 24. Luke 9, 23 and 24, Jesus said, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Take up his cross when? Okay, and follow me. 
For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Both Pastor Eddie and Pastor Don, they, they taught us that in order to even be able to pick up our cross, we must abstain and deny ourselves from the pleasures of life that we know to be sinful. That, that's, that's number one. I have to deny my flesh in order to carry this cross. The things that are sinful, that go against God, I have to deny. That's step one, to be able to pick up my cross. We must set an example of Christ-like character through our daily actions and behavior because it's easy to do that on Sunday. Everyone walks in here a cross-bearer on Sunday, but what happens on Monday? Are you still carrying that cross or have you dropped it at the door on your way out of the sanctuary? Cross-bearing is not easy at all. And we, I want everyone to understand that. It's not supposed to be easy. You are supposed to feel it. Because what happens is we want God to be able, God, just take away everything. Just not, don't let me even feel it anymore. Don't, don't let me have that anymore. But it's through that pain that we develop perseverance, that we develop endurance. It's through that, that weakness that God's power is shown in its purest and most complete form. That is by his stripes we were healed. It, it cannot just be this thing where we wake up one day and like we're perfect beings. We have to contend for our faith. That's how we demonstrate Christ-like behavior. And you know, like I said, it's, it's a heavy weight to carry. But what's beautiful about what God has done for us is that he gave us help. God gave us help to be able to carry our cross. He gave us the Holy Spirit, the advocate, that in our time of weakness, in our time of struggle, the Holy Spirit comes beside us and within us empowers us to be able to carry the cross. Isn't that awesome? You know, I remember when, um, when I first started lifting weights, I was in high school, and I was on the, uh, the football team. We had these workouts called 20-second workouts. And what a 20-second workout was, you put lightweight on the bar, and for the 20 seconds, you had to keep the bar moving nonstop. So it wasn't just, you know, your regular, nice and smooth pushing, but like just cranking that bar as fast as you can go. Go, 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 go. Every single set, every single rep, as fast and as powerful as you can go for all the exercises. Now, 20 seconds doesn't seem like a long time, right? 20 seconds gets very long when you're working out. Anybody ever been on a treadmill and you're trying to finish and you're like, <laughs> you put the towel over the timer, take it back, come on, man. I hate treadmill clocks. I swear they slow. That's why I put on like Bethel Worship or something like that. They're like 18-minute songs. You got one song, you out of there. Anyway, like a 20-second workout. And I remember the first time doing this, and they put the weight on the bar, and I get under the bench, and I lift off. I'm like, okay, this ain't bad. This is lightweight. No, we, no problem. 20 seconds. First set, I'm cranking. Boom, 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 boom. 20-second timer goes off. I'm feeling good. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cake. This is easy. I just, I just crushed that set. Gave, gave everything I had, no problem. Set two comes around. I'm like, I got this. Bar up, start cranking. Boom, boom, boom. About 
halfway to three quarters of the way through, all of a sudden these arms just like start getting very heavy and very tense and chest. I'm like, ooh, 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 okay, time, clink, like, okay. And then I get up from the bench, you know, you feel puffy. I'm like, ooh, arms feel a little bit heavy. I'm like, okay, no, not bad. I got this though, I got this. Only a, only a couple more sets to go. Then set three comes along. I lift off the bar and all of a sudden it feels a little bit heavier. I'm like, wait a minute, this is, ain't this, this weight the same? What's going on? Something's happening here. I start going as fast as I can go, go. This time, not even halfway through, all of a sudden things start slowing down. That blood rushes into the arms. I could barely like push this thing. My chest just lightens, just fires up. I'm like burning, like, Ugh. But right when I start to slow down, my spotter steps in and then grabs the bar, like, come on, come on, ensuring that the bar keeps moving. He's starting to help me a little bit as I go along. And like, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm pushing, but I don't feel like I'm pushing, but he's helping me, but my arms are still hurting and it's getting more and more intense. But he's like, come on, don't slow down. Don't slow down. I'm just, eh, eh, eh. And then clink, that's three. And I get off the bench this time. I'm just, oh my God, oh my God. He's like, you got this, bro. We only got one more set to go. I'm like, I can't move. I can't move. Set four, set four. This time I could barely even get the bar out of the rack. It's the same weight. My arms are like dead, like just puffed. I'm like, I can't. He's like, yes, you can. I can. Yes, you can. Go down, up, down, up. And like, we're halfway through this thing. And like, I don't even think I'm lifting anymore. It's more like he's doing the lifting. My arms are just like attached to the bar and I can't do anything. I'm just moving with him like a, a fish on the table. He's like, come on, don't stop. Don't let go. Don't let go. Keep going. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Go, go, go. Finally, time. You're done. And I just fall off the bench. This is my first time lifting. I fall off the bench. I'm just like, Dead to the world, like, oh my God, what just happened to my body? Like, I, I, you ever, you get, if you ever worked out, you know, usually you get sore like the day after, two days after is the worst. This was instant soreness, instantly in pain. And, you know, I just feel like, man, I, I didn't even really do that last set. But my spotter comes up to me, grabs me up, because he's a big old senior Samoan guy. Ooh, that's good job, bro. That's how you live, bro. Start slapping me. I'm like, I can't move my arms. <laughs> And what that represents to me, that's what the Holy Spirit is. It's when we can't anymore, the Holy Spirit steps in and he helps us. But it requires us giving our maximum effort, our full commitment, our excellence. And in that space of where we're going to think we're going to fail, the Holy Spirit comes along, empowers us, encourages us, and helps us all the way to be able to finish. Finish the race that God set us on. So we have to always remember we're not in this fight alone. That you're carrying your cross with the power of the Holy Spirit within you. That even though you may stumble, even though you may fall, the Holy Spirit is there to pick you back up. Put the cross back on you and say, let's go. Let's do this. We're in this together. You're not by yourself. I'm with you. Trust in me. But it requires our excellence. And excellence is not perfection, but it's effort. Excellence is not perfection. It's your effort. It's your attention to detail. It's your commitment. The Holy Spirit cannot operate in mediocrity. 
The Holy Spirit will not function in your complacency. If you settle into a space in your life, the Holy Spirit is not going to help you move forward. But when you're carrying the gospel of God forward, he's going to be there with you. When you're fulfilling the will of God upon this earth, he will be there with you through it all. Bearing your cross requires effort and attention to detail. So what are, what are the details in your life that you've allowed yourself to grow complacent in? What things are that are kind of left unchecked that you just kind of got used to? You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you, if you ever owned a car and it's like a beater car, like you're especially like our first car, it kind of don't work, but it kind of do. And like you get in it, you're used to it. You're used to it being broken. But then like a friend comes along and they try to open the door. You're like, oh, hold up. You got to bang on it twice, lift the handle and shake it. That's not how a door is supposed to work. But we just got used to it. We got used to starting the car up with a screwdriver. Right? Like in your house, you know that's that one area of the house you need to clean, but you just got so used to it. So what you do when somebody comes over, you just grab a big blanket and throw it over and like tuck it, make it look real nice. Just we don't worry about that corner. And sometimes in our lives, we'll do this with the things that we know we need to address. We get so used to attending church and being a part of church in a certain dynamic, we find ourselves complacent with how we're living out our Christian lives. But are we, are we giving excellence? Are we giving best effort to being a Christian, being renewed, being restored? Or have we settled into what culture has developed, consumer Christianity? And I, I want to pack this dynamic today in which we can bear our cross, and that is serving. Serving. 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. You know, that word earnestly, it means with intent and sincere conviction, it means to be serious in your love for people. Because it's easy, like I said, it's always easy to say, I love somebody. But are you serious about it? Is it demonstrated by your actions? Is it demonstrated through your words? Is it demonstrated in your character? In the Greek, that word earnestly is ektenes. Another time we see this word being used is when Jesus was in the garden and he was praying and then it says he began to pray more fervently, like he dove deeper into his prayer. He gave all to that prayer. This was right before he was going to the cross. So he was praying, but then his prayer took another turn and went to a, a deeper level. That's earnestly, that ectonis. Our love for one another must be sincere and with conviction. It cannot be shallow or based on emotional feeling. You can't wake up and say, today I feel like loving on people. And tomorrow I don't. Because we wake up like, the, some, some of us, we ain't mourning people. You can't love nobody till you had your coffee. Like, it's not love time yet. Okay, give me till like 10. Then we'll start talking about, you know, how I love you. Some of us, it's just, it's a day-to-day. -day, it's an emotional swing when it comes to being able to love on people. But the Bible teaches this is a choice. You choose to love on people. 
whether it's shallow or it's true and it's pure, is decided within your heart. It cannot be shallow. It cannot be based on emotional feeling. Cross bearers must have a fervent love for people in order to use your gifts from the Holy Spirit. Because just like I said, the Holy Spirit will not operate in mediocrity. If you have a mediocre love for people, the Holy Spirit will not help you. It's got to be true. It's got to be fervent. It's got to be demonstrated by effort. 1 Peter 4.9 says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know what's not cool? Is when somebody asks for help, and you agree to help them, but then you complain about helping them. Oh man, like, like you, I'll, I'll come, but you know, like I'm always doing this for you. I guess so, you know, it's just my weekend. Whatever, no big deal, I'll come help you. Like, that's not help. Keep that. Keep that at home. That ain't help. Don't nobody want that. Like, why, why serve if you're just going to complain about it? Some of us were on dream teams here. You wake up on Sunday. What an attitude. Like, oh, oh my God, I got to get to church so early. Like, you avoid being on team because you got to be here early on a Sunday. One day out of the week. Woo. Once a month. Oh, my God. Instead of looking at this, this is an opportunity. I get to love on my brothers and sisters. I get to welcome somebody new. I get to have an impact in somebody's life in a beautiful way. I am going to be used by God, and the Holy Spirit is going to empower me to connect with my brothers and sisters. I'm thankful for the day that I get to serve. I'm excited about serving. But that's not what we do, is it? Serving is not the cool thing. Culture has taught us that being a servant is not the thing you want to be after. So, so we abstain from it. Or if we do help somebody, if we are hospitable, then we got to have an attitude with it. Your attitude while serving is just as important as your presence while serving. It's not enough just to show up. You have to show up and have the right attitude. You can't be hospitable and have an attitude while doing it. That doesn't make sense. Think about when you've been to a restaurant and the hostess or the waiter had an attitude. How did it make you feel? I ain't coming back to this restaurant ever again. Their service is terrible. That waiter was so mean. They did this to me. They did that to me. Like, think about all those times like when you went somewhere and you got bad service. So why would we model that in our, as Christians? When you know what it is, you know fully what bad service looks like. We should not be modeling that at all. If we don't possess a fervent and earnest love for one another, we are not able to be hospitable and of service in the proper way. Serving one another with the right attitude stems from the heart being in the proper position with the Holy Spirit. So when, and here's something I want you to understand. I understand that we have hard weeks at work. We got kids that drive us crazy. I know my four do. What's up for Dahlia? She's awesome. For now. But I know we go through things that stress us out, that affect our mind, and it puts us in a bad mood. None of us are immune to being put in a bad mood. But there's something that has to shift when I'm about to serve. 
that I'm putting my emotions down. I'm surrendering them to God. I come to God, God, clear my thoughts, clear my heart right now. I'm frustrated. I'm going through some things. Work has been tough. Family life has been tough. Finances have been tough. My health isn't good. I'm going through some stuff, God. God, I'm laying this all before you to prepare me to be able to serve your people the way that I should. By doing that, renews my mind and refreshes my soul. So that way, when I step into the role of serving, I'm prepared the right way. And some of us, we're just kind of going through the motions of daily life and we're letting life come at us so fast that we're not making these adjustments and correction. There's no attention to detail of what's happening inside of our mind and inside of our heart. So when we go into these places, we're, we're already fragmented. And this isn't applied to just at the church. Serving on a dream team is a blessing, but that's not what I'm talking about. See, because serving is demonstrated everywhere. This is at church, but you are the church. The church serves people. You know, when we elect not to be a service, it is generally connected to one of two reasons. It's one of two reasons why we refuse to serve. The first one is you think serving is beneath you. You think serving is beneath you. And again, I'm not talking about at church. I'm talking about your job. Where somebody may ask you to do something, and the first thing you tell them, that ain't my job. That's not what I get paid for. I'm an administrative assistant, specialist, executive, blase, blase, blase. We're quick to throw out our titles and our positions and what we do and what we don't do. I'm talking about serving at home. I don't clean up. That's why I'm married. That's why I got a wife. I don't clean. I'm not doing that for him. He can do that himself. He got two hands. He got two feet. I'm not doing that for him. Serving is first demonstrated in the house. The Bible teaches us, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Christ served the church. So in my home, I should be the best servant, period. Right? In my house, I should be able to serve my wife. I should be able to serve my kids. And vice versa. Wives, you should be able to serve your husband and serve your kids. Kids, you should be able to serve your parents. If everybody in the house serves everybody else, you will have a whole house. See, it's when selfishness gets into us and our ego gets a little bit too big, then all of a sudden we don't want us to be a service anymore. All of a sudden we start to pinhole what we like and what we don't like. And then what we do in the house becomes our actions everywhere else, which is why you come to church and you won't serve. You don't want to serve on a team or you want to pick a very specific team and not do anything else. You'll be on media team, but you won't take out the trash. You'll, you'll, you'll be a welcome team, but you're not going to help clean up. You're out of here when it's time to clean up. You'll be an usher, but you're not going to move furniture. You know, yeah, I'll be on worship team, but I'm not going to pray for people. See, serving is not at our convenience or our comfort or our preference. Our preference. Serving comes from what the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do. Our egos have to be put to bed. We have to kill our egos. We have to destroy our pride and be of service wherever God calls us to be. It doesn't matter what it is. 
This is an opportunity for me to love on my brother and on my sister, for me to be used by God in whatever dynamic he chooses. My first ministry was setting up chairs. That's the first ministry I ever served in. Hey, we're in this new facility. We got to set up every day. You're strong. Set up some chairs. In addition to that, it was taking out the trash. Before I did anything else, set up chairs, take out trash. Teresa's making sure the coffee was ready. That was her first role at serving. Make sure the coffee's ready. And then it became donuts too, which was awesome for me. Because <laughs> I had donuts in the car. But it was through the small things and saying yes consistently. And I'm not talking about allowing yourself to be taken advantage of. I'm talking about being a blessing where the opportunity presents itself. You got to be able to understand when you're being manipulated and also where God is prompting you to be of service. But you got to kill your ego to be able to do that. Here's what I want you to know. If your ego is too big to serve, you're not worthy of the honor of leading. You hear what I said? If your ego is too big to serve, you are not worthy of the honor of leading. If serving is beneath you, leading is beyond you. Because leading is serving. I serve the people that are under my care. Every leader, every good leader, places an emphasis on how can I serve my team. I want to read a portion of scripture to you. John 13, 3 through 15. It says, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answers him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Then Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet, but feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean but not every one of you. He was talking about Judas. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Jesus already demonstrated the model of servant leadership. Everything he did for his disciples was about building them, developing them. He laid down his life for you and me. That is the ultimate of being a servant. And culture has taught us to, to abstain away from being a servant, be a boss, be in charge, be the leader. You will never have true impact on somebody's life until you're willing to serve them. Serving is an honor. It is an honor. It is an honor. 
And the church passes up on this all the time and we become customers at churches where we're attending to be entertained rather than being a part of the body of Christ. You know, the reason why we have dream teams on our church is not so that all your serving gets focused here. The serving here is to train you to be a service everywhere else. It's a beautiful opportunity to be able to serve within the church. The fact that we even have teams that you can serve on is a blessing in itself. Because the vast majority of churches, it's just the pastor and his wife. That's it. There are no rooms for serving. They, they don't have that ability. We got tons of abilities here to be of service. But again, it's not that you serve just restoration life, but you develop a habit and a culture of serving. That anywhere you go, you'll be of service. Every Christian should be the best worker at their job. Hands down. Like nobody should outshine you in your work ethic. Period. Yeah, they may be a little bit more talented than you. They might have more skill than you. But when it comes to your work ethic, to your excellence, to your attention to detail, nobody should outshine Christians. Nobody. Why? Because we have an advantage that they don't. We got the Holy Spirit with us. And the second reason why people are reluctant to serve isn't because they think they're too big to serve. It's because they think they're too small to serve. You think serving is beyond you. And what I mean by this, often you hear people talk about what they don't have. Like, I would do this if I just had more. If I just have more money, if I just have more knowledge, if I just have more resources, if I just had more time, I would serve. We look at our capacity and then we determine our ability to serve and be of service. We're focused on what we're lacking and not what the Holy Spirit provides. Can I tell you, church, until you learn to serve with what you currently are equipped with, more will never come. You gotta be able to learn to work with the tools that, and the resources that God gave you. And the resources and the tools are not found in the material world, but they're found in people. You see, I didn't grow to become a pastor because I picked up a, a bunch of study manuals and, and documents and all these things. I grew because leaders around me resourced me and provided me with tools and teaching that developed me. They showed me how to read my word and how to understand it. They taught me how to pray. They taught me how to love on one another. They continued to develop me until I became a young leader and they continued to push me and challenge me and disciple me until one day I became a pastor. But it was a process and I had to acknowledge like, and I, can I tell you, and this is being 100% transparent, there are so many times I kneel before God with tears in my eyes saying, God, I don't know if I can do this. Even earlier this year, I, I ran into this conflict where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking 10 years down the road. I'm like, God, what, what is it that you want from me? And he's, as he's revealing what he wants from me, my, my mind starts to look at what I have in my physical body and what I possess in my materials. And I start to weep and I start to stress and I start to get anxious because I'm thinking to myself, I'm not capable of doing what you're trying to reveal to me, God. And I don't know if I can do this. And he just goes, shh, Max, haven't I got you this far already? You, you think I'm gonna leave you alone? 
You think I'm going to let you do this on your own? You think I'm going to, at this point, you think I'm going to abandon you? And that's sometimes how we are in our lives where we forget how far God has already brought us. We forget how much God has already provided to us. We forget how how many people have come around us to love on us and to help us because we're going through a certain situation at a certain time. We take our eyes off of what God has done throughout the years and never realizing that the situation and circumstance that we're in is preparing us for the next. Serving is not beyond you because the Holy Spirit is with you. You know, we, we got to stop saying, like, if I, if I just had more, if I just had more money, if I just had more time. The people who are generous are not generous because they have more. They're generous because they have a heart of generosity. And as their heart of generosity continued to grow, more came to them. Because they were good stewards, what God provided. Time, time is even to everybody. Every single one of us wake up with 24 hours. How we choose to use that time and steward that time will dictate our impact with serving. And when we have to stop thinking that serving has to be this big, massive, dramatic thing. I know we're getting ready to do this great, awesome outreach thing together with One Day LA. But serving, most of the time, is going up to somebody and saying, hey, how can I pray for you? Serving sometimes is, can I buy you a coffee? Serving sometimes is, hey, can we watch the kids? Serving sometimes like, hey, I have some extra clothes in the house. My kids outgrew them. But I, you, I know you guys just had a baby. I thank the church so much because y'all hooked my kids up for years. I love y'all. But it's, it's the simple things done consistently. And when you stop thinking about what you're lacking and stop thinking about what you're missing and stop thinking about what you need and realize that I got a God who provides all to me. Your heart will be fulfilled. Peter said this. He said, as each has received a gift, use as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. You don't have to rely on your own strength, church. You're not reliant on your own talent or your own ability. We have a Holy Spirit. We have an advocate with us to help us carry that cross. You just have to be willing to go pick it up. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, if you're here today and you know that you've been in this space of complacency and you, you settled into a Christian lifestyle that you know is not producing fruit, You know that your Christian conduct right now is only to satisfy you, but not to be a part of the church. And I I know this is a sting, and I know this is stuff that we don't want to admit, because all of us want to believe we're the best Christian. But the truth is, we all go through these periods of time in our lives where we're not committed to the kingdom. You don't have to stay in this place. You don't have to stay in that place and think that you cannot change. Because you're not reliant on your own strength. You're reliant on the Holy Spirit. But in order to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, we must repent. 
None of us go on this journey following Jesus without infractions along the way. So if you're here today and you would say, Pastor Max, I know, I know God is calling me, calling me to be of service. And I know I put things in front of it. There's things in my career that I put in front of it. There's things in my family I put in front of it. There's things in my hobbies that I put in front of it. There's, there's, there's so much I placed in front of the calling that God has placed on my life. And today, Pastor Max, I want to repent. If that's you, just where you are, I just want you to raise your hand. You say, I, I, I'm ready to repent and lay it down. We see those hands. Thank you. Thank you for that honesty. If you say, I'm ready to give God my absolute best. I'm ready to be of service, whatever he called me to do. If that's you right now and you say, I, I, I've been thinking that I'm lacking. I'm thinking I haven't had enough. I think I'm not properly resourced. If that's you in this place and you know that you're ready for the Holy Spirit to empower you to be able to fulfill God's will in your life, raise your hand where you're at right now. We see those hands all around this room, hands going up, hands going up, hands going up. Father God, right now, I just lift up every single person with their hands stretched out to you. Father, see their heart. See their heart. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak confidence into their ears. That they be, understand who you are. They understand that you are their helper. You are their advocate. Father, I pray that your gifts pour out into their lives right now. That every single time they step out of their house, they see opportunities to be a blessing to others. They see opportunities to serve. They see opportunities to make impact. And they don't abstain from them. They don't hide from them. They don't run from them. But they walk boldly into the purpose in which you created them. Father, I thank you for these hearts that are shedding their pride, that are shedding their ego, these humble hearts. I say, Father, I submit to you right now. I submit to your will. I submit to the call upon my, my life. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. Father, have your way in this house. Have your way over all of us, God. Father, we pray for our lead pastors right now. We pray for a safe travel back, that they come back restored, refreshed, and renewed. Father, I pray that they come back just with more revelation from your Holy Spirit to continue to guide restoration life on the mission and purpose you set us on. Father, let the saints join in unity together and serve the vision of restoration life as you have guided us and navigated us. Father, we thank you for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the gifts be released in this place. Once and for all, God, we thank you. We give you all the honor and all the praise. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to sing a song of worship. Be encouraged. Be empowered. Walk boldly. Choose to serve. Choose to love fervently. Give God your excellence. Jesus, thank you.
Hallelujah. Everybody doing okay? I know that was kind of... But listen, something that I learned that God taught me, because I, I spent a lot of time comparing myself to other pastors. And for a long time, I, I wondered, could I fulfill this role of being a pastor? Because I wasn't like this pastor. I wasn't like that one. And God let me know, like, I called you for a specific purpose. I designed you a certain way. I gifted you a certain way for a certain purpose. Just serve that. You already have the tools. You already have been gifted with it. If you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you've been gifted with spiritual gifts. That's how it works. But you have to choose to use them. You have to choose to use them. Let's choose as a church to stop being consumer Christians. Stop just attending, but be a part of what God is doing. Because God wants your gifts to grow in a miraculous way. There's always a need for more pastors. There's always a need for more evangelists, more prophets, more healers, more teachers, more everything. There's always a need for more, but the people have to choose to serve. So Father God, we just thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for our sins, the first cross bearer. Father, as we leave this place, we leave encouraged, understanding that we're carrying the cross for the kingdom, but we're not carrying alone. Your Holy Spirit is with us. Father, I just pray empowerment of the Holy Spirit upon restoration life. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Listen, have a blessed and wonderful Sunday. Do not forget, connect with our VIP team, connect with our welcome team to make sure you get registered for One Day at LA. If you got questions this week, feel free to call the office. We'll help you get uh, registered and signed up. Have a blessed and wonderful uh, Sunday. We'll see you guys on Wednesday.